Welcome to the System Hub Podcast. Hola. Konnichiwa. Guten Tag. Where we interview world-class experts. You have to have a lot of passion for what you're doing. I was fanatical in my 20s. If you could find a way to produce a business that works without you, your life would change like that. Extracting, organizing, and optimizing their best systems and processes for rapid business growth. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome to the uh, the Business Systems Summit. I'm super excited today to have Josh Denning live from Bangkok at the moment to be taking us through the uh, the three-step sales process to identify needs, create research-based solutions, and prepare presentations and proposals. So Josh, why don't you just let us know uh, a quick bit about yourself? Awesome, Simon. Yeah, look, thrilled, thrilled to be here and, and looking forward to over-delivering. So yeah, I guess just to Really, really quick bit about myself. So, um, in the marketing space since 2001, I was hosted, uh, I was a producer of Andrew Harwood's show on 2DB, which was the Midnight Till Dawn show. So, selling advertising. And actually, really, even before that, really, since I guess 1997 or maybe, maybe 1996, I left school and I was straight into the telemarketing industry. And my very first role was actually selling advertising space in a quality assurance directory. So for businesses that were ISO 9001 certified, um, we would call up businesses that had that ISO and, and place them in a, in a listings directory. So that was the first introduction mm-hmm. to advertising and then did a whole range of different telemarketing roles, insurance, booking appointments, refinancing, all these sorts of things, and really sort of got, got good at selling over the phone, which was a, a hard skill to develop, a challenging skill to develop, but really a, a vital very, very valuable skill to, to take with you through life. So anyway, yeah, so 2001, I was producing Andrew Howard's show on 2GB, which was really more of a sales role. Um, there was some involvement with, with actually the radio and going into the 2GB station and helping out there a little bit. But primarily what a producer does is of a radio show, which a lot of people don't realize is they're actually responsible for making sure all the advertising slots are filled up. So that was great. That went on there for, for a couple of years, did really well at that. But, you know, the dot-com bubble and the boom started and that was all exciting and then it sort of went flat and I hesitated a little bit with permanently jumping into it. And then internet started to pick back up and I was looking around to have a keen eye for more performance-based marketing and I started to experiment with it for for small businesses and got some really, really good results with with Google AdWords uh, for a number of businesses in in a few different spaces, in the education space, in the mortgage broking space and this sort of thing. And then I decided, look, I really like this. This is awesome. And I jumped into uh, the space professionally and worked with Experian Hitwise for a number of years in multi-channel and then I was lucky enough to end up with Bruce Clay for SEO, who obviously at the time they were the biggest SEO agency and the best SEO agency in the world at the time and then started found my own agencies in sort of 2000 and uh, 2009 and you know haven't haven't really looked back um, ever since I've just just really been focused on digital and and loved every moment of it and what I I realize now is I've started to help some other business owners and other people in the digital space and even all the small businesses that we serve and assist that's so important is everybody has a challenge and, and one of the biggest and most important skills with, with growing a business successfully is being able to take interest and turn that interest into enough desire for someone to actually take action, pull their wallet out, open their wallet up and hand you money where the service and the solution or the product to them feels more valuable than the hard-earned money that they've actually you know, gone and, and earned. And, and I see that time and time again. So today's um, presentation is really going to go into 
really the systems that, that have developed over the last 15 or, or more years of how to actually, once you've got some interest, once you've got a lead, because I understand some other people have covered off lead generation and how to actually create the initial interest mm-hmm. and then how to actually evolve that um, into, a, into a sale. Yeah, beautiful. It is something that it's very important to have as a system, I think. And I'm, you know, I'm sure you're around the same mindset, obviously. Once it's documented and once it is systemized, you can really scale that. And that, that's the big advantage here is um, you can take something that works and it, it doesn't, sometimes it just doesn't work for just one industry or just one company. You can actually use that same system and really scale that across multiple businesses, uh, different verticals. So you can really see the value in having a system for that. I'll let you guys dive straight into it. So the, the three-step sales process. So really, uh, why is this something that's important and kind of what, what problem do you think that this, this really addresses? So yeah, so it really, it really addresses the biggest problem in, in business, I think, you know, Simon, and that's actually getting revenue, creating revenue, creating profits. And I think yeah. once you've got this part nailed down, whether you've, you know, somehow managed to have, I guess, being able to train salespeople is a key part to business growth, getting a business started. If you can actually call people, get some interest and, and turn that interest into a sale. It's for, From my perspective, it's the fundamental, most important skill to, to actually growing businesses is having the sales side mastered. Um, I think, you know, it solves the problem of actually creating revenue, which is a, a pretty important problem to create. And when you've got this systemized and sort of you've got a process that, that is repeatable and, and consistent and, and reasonably predictable down to the numbers, um, it takes a lot of the stress off and it takes a lot of the pressure off with like being concerned about where's the next client coming from, where's the next part revenue coming from. So I guess starting off, I'm going to assume that the person's already, you know, generated a lead via either cold email or um, maybe from Facebook ads or content marketing or, or even cold calling still still works today. It's, it is a little bit hard and you've got to have a good differentiating point when you make that, that call. But so assuming that that interest has been created and, and they've got an inquiry now, this is going to deal with how you actually take that inquiry and, and, yeah, and turn it into a client. So the first step, of this process, I call it, is, is the needs analysis. And the needs analysis, you can repackage that and call it a strategy session uh, that, you know, whatever you want to do to make it sound a little bit more sexy. But essentially what you're doing is you're asking a lot of questions with the client to uncover their, their needs, their challenges, their problems, their frustrations, what's held them back from achieving the result that they want to achieve. And that's actually where the rapport is created. The rapport is created in asking a lot of questions and having the client talk a lot about their current situation, um, yeah, their problems, that what, what those problems are stopping them from achieving, getting clear on what it is that they want to achieve and then tying a solution back to that. So first step and something that I want um, the listener to really burn into their mind, which is super important, is to go deep. So when you're doing these strategy sessions or needs analysis is, is you want to think like questions, questions, questions. And what I mean by going deep is you don't want to just plow through these questions. You want to be actively listening to the client and to all of their responses and you want to be asking questions about their answers so that you're showing genuine true interest in what they want to achieve in the problems they're experiencing and the objectives that they have um, etc so that's that's the first I guess overarching philosophy with this part of the process is is, is to go deep um, the second aspect is 
what I call the three-pronged approach. And that's the now state, the dream state, and the roadblocks. So there's there's challenge, there's there's steps or questions within those three areas, the now state, the dream state, um, and the roadblocks. Essentially what that's doing is the first thing is we really want to understand the current situation of the client. So to use use what we do as an example, for us, that's questions like, so just and one of the best ones is to just straight out tell it, say, can you tell me about your business? Right. And that and then you just want to like be quiet at that stage and let the client talk about their business, tell you everything that's they, they and that could be, you know when they got started, what they specialize in. They might, when you first ask that question, say, well, you know, did you check my website or anything? Just continue to don't say anything. Or you can say, if they say that, you can say like, yeah, I had a good look at it, but it's always really important for me to hear straight from the horse's mouth from the owner so I can get your understanding of the business. And that actually usually starts the dialogue. That, that gets a conversation going. And once the client is talking, they're actually starting to enjoy themselves and it gets easier to go into the next um, elements of, of, of the questioning. So mm-hmm. other parts of the now state are, you know, what's the main product of the business that, that you're really um, looking to focus on growing? Is there any other areas that you're looking to focus on growing? Tell me about the website. Is the website important to the business? Tell me about the marketing that you're doing now. What, what marketing are you actually doing? What's worked for you? What hasn't worked for you? How many leads are you getting right now in the business? And really just diving quite deep into everything that's happening in their business right now. How, how much revenue are we currently making? How many team members do you have at the business? Tell me about your current value proposition. What's differentiating you as a business right now? Roughly, what's your elevator pitch? So just going quite deep into the current scenario. At a point, you realize because situational questions, if you keep, stay in the now state, it will, will start to get a bit so you just want to make sure that you've got your key information that, that you need to identify um, about the now state. And then you want to move into the dream state. And this is the part of the process that actually really creates some, some excitement. So just one thing before you do move into the dream state, though, you want to be writing down everything that the client's telling you and actually confirming each aspect, each question, that each answer, sorry, that they've given you. Did I get this right? Did I get this right? Have I heard you right? Mm ever heard you write about this that brings the clarity and crystallization to the client that all oh, right so he or she has really listened to me and understood um, where I was coming from and what's happening right now and it creates the it closes off that loop to actually move into the next state and when you move into the dream state the best way to actually start that new thread is to say something along the lines of and this comes from Dan Sullivan at strategic coach we were sitting together having coffee 12 months from now and the best possible results have been achieved within your business. Everything you could imagine had happened based on us having worked together and you're also now setting up that you're going to be working together and we were having this coffee. Tell me, what would your business look like? What's happened in your business and what's changed in the absolute dream state scenario? Mm. And then again, at that point, that's another zip it, zip it point. We want to really let the, let, let the client tell us everything about their dream state scenario. And then once they've, they've finished doing that, some other things that, that we do, which are quite important, where which we call like the gap analysis. So they've told you all this dream state and then you come back to say, so, okay, you're getting this many leads now. You know, you've told me that at the end of the year, we'd have grown 100% and, and that would be the very best thing that could happen. So if you're getting this many leads now, if we doubled your leads, would that more than likely double your business by the end of 12 months? 
they might say yes or we need a little bit more than that. And you say, okay, great. So, all right. So um, that means we've got a gap of why, right? So now he's saying, so if we actually were to bridge that gap and achieve this many leads, that would get you there, right? Yep, that would potentially get me there. So that's now worked out the gap. Now I sort of start to work back to make that even more realistic in terms of starting to ask, well, how much do we need to generate each lead at to actually be bringing the leads in at a profit? So they're profitable. So now we're starting to quantify the dream state into an actual dollar value in terms of a financial value that needs to be achieved to, to hit that dream state. Um, which is really valuable. And sometimes they might not know, so you've got to do some consulting. They might not be able to figure it out. Then you need to go to things like, well, how, how much do you need to bring the sale in at? What's your target cost per sale? And if they've given you that, that cost per sale and you can say, well, how many of your leads do you convert? Well, we convert about 10%. So if um, they need to be getting a sale at $100, for example, just to use simple figures, then you know that they convert and they convert one lead in 10 the leads need to come in at $10 each. Mm-hmm. So, so now you've quantified that. And then yeah. you can actually work out so and say, okay, so achieve the dream state in terms of if, if this is a traffic campaign, it could could be anything. This is just, just an example. This can be applied and might need to be tweaked for the listeners business a little bit, but don't think like that because, you know, our, our businesses are different. This can be applied to, to SaaS. It can be applied to primarily anything that's a consultative-based sale, a larger sale that takes multiple steps. You just might have to modify the questions a little bit, modify the end outcomes a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. I'm just going to, mind if I chime in for a sec? <laughs> just, uh, it's, yeah, this is yeah. absolutely fantastic. Um, what I find really, really interesting coming back on the, the needs analysis side of it is, um, is how you were talking about like showing that you care and you're building rapport. It's interesting because that's something that, it, that I, I know a lot of people and, and myself included struggle with when it comes to sales because how do you systemize something that, that like the feeling that you get during a sale? I believe, and from what you're saying as well, that you can actually do that. There are strategies and there are a potentially checklists that you can do to build rapport and to, um, and to show that you care. And it, it's amazing the sales that you can generate through listening. Like so many sales, like there's many ways to, to achieve a pitch and, you know, there's many ways to, to potentially influence someone. But just by listening, the sheer act of listening to someone, you can, you're actually, um, you're helping them realize something. You're being a fantastic listener and you're showing value in some ways with less action, which is just absolutely incredible. My, my personal favorite way to win sales is that you're building trust without needing to be pushy. And this is just an absolutely fantastic way of doing that. So this is awesome. Yeah. I mean, you hit on, I think, what is the most important point. And, and it is actually quite hard to systemize that, Simon. Um, it's, it's possible. But again, it just needs to be repetitively trained. So if you're training mm. other people to do it, you need to go back and, and listen to their calls with them and show them where they maybe got nervous and they were too eager to, to talk about mm. themselves or about the product just remind them that, look, it's more about the client speaking. It's more about what the client has to say than what we have to say. So, and that's, that's a bit, there's sort of two sides to that. If we haven't got out a, a, enough of a value proposition to the client in the beginning of the call, that, that there's enough intrigue there that they're actually going to be genuinely engaged in telling us about themselves. Mm. But once they are genuinely engaged in telling us about themselves, caring about what they have to say, being genuinely 
genuinely interested and, and asking more questions about their answers. And that can be systemized in the sense of just within your scripting, just putting little reminder cues. So mm. you've got your core questions and then you've got a reminder cue that say about this core question, ask this. And just one example that I can think of, Cuff, is that for example, if you're asking about how, like, what's the average sale value of a new client in your business, and they give you that, a reminder cue might be to go a bit deeper and, and be more genuinely interested is, well, is there, does that vary? What's the smallest sale? What's the biggest sale? What percentage of these sales are actually larger? And sort of then, then say, well, would you mind if we just do a bit of consulting together? Let's just try and really work this and figure out what the average would be if we could get some more of the larger sales coming in and, and how realistic is that and, and just have a bit more of a vision about the answers. And mm. that's, I think that's the only way that you can sort of systemize genuine care. And mm. then that, that just comes with time and, and just repetitive. I think it's also brings into things like the culture of the business and making sure that part of the culture is best advice, best products, right fit so you're not trying to just sell anybody anything you're really looking for the customers you're being solution orientated you're trying to find the right customers for this solution where this solution is really going to get them an outstanding result and 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 then as opposed to trying to push a square peg into a round hole because you want to get a sale that's right you can see how in the early days that when you start that you feel like you've got to get numbers on the board but what actually happens is the person that's searching for those the circle you know the cylinders to go into the cylinder holes the mm. triangles to go into the triangle holes the squares to go into the square holes the right right product for the right person like right fit they actually end up outperforming because they're communicating at a different level to people and it comes across and it sells that certainty absolutely yeah that's right it's also letting the, like, you don't know what a cylinder and a triangle looks like until you kind of, you have to investigate that. So the, the client needs to tell you if they're a cylinder or a triangle, basically. And through asking those questions, it empowers your sales team as well to be able to make the, the right choice. And it lets the client, yeah, as you're saying, it lets them know that you truly care. And I think it, clients and all businesses are, are bombarded by, by sales all the time. So if you're able to, to come from a different approach by showing that you care about their business and you're just listening to their problems instead of here's our solution, here's more information about us, here's about me, just me, me, me all the time, then that's going to create a natural, a natural fit, a natural rapport. Without a shadow of a doubt, because a lot of what we're selling now is quite intangible. So one of mm. what we're in, in a sense really selling is is certainty, because we can show them you know previous clients' results, we can show them testimonials, we can show them case studies. But at the end of the day, they're buying the certainty that you create within them, right? Mm. And and that can only happen from yeah that that active listening and really focusing in and honing in on what's most important to them, amplifying it and then linking the, the, the product to, to that. So, so, okay, so dream state. So, we're still on dream state. So, you've, you've, you've figured out now what their dream state looks like. You've asked specific questions about that dream state and what needs to happen and, and then you've quantified it into a, a financial figure of what leads would need to cost or what X would need to cost or what, whatever have you to actually achieve that dream state and then you go through and again you confirm it all off and make sure that you've understood it correctly and, and you, you're very clear about the dream state now we move into the actual part that sort of now is starts to really cause the desire to act and that's well what have been the roadblocks what's really stopped you from achieving this 
what's held you back from being able to get this done? And that's where things will start to come out like, well, I've just had, haven't had the right providers or we've got a knowledge gap, could be budgetary. You're not sure. It doesn't really matter. You're just listening to, to, to hear what all, all those things are. And then once they've gone through all of that, then you ask a simple question, something along the lines of, well, you know, how important is it that you get this addressed, that you get this, this problem, this gap bridged and get, get this solved, get this fixed? And then often at that point, because they go through the roadblocks, they know the dream state, where they are now, where they want to get to, what's held them back. You now become the bridge that actually is going to get them over those roadblocks, over those challenges to the dream state. And usually they're going to say something like, well, it's, you know, it's very important. It's really important. It's, it's exactly what we want to get done. And then after they say that, you want to tie that off with another question like, what will that change for you in your business and even in your life? So that's where you're taking business goals and actually now projecting them into what's even more important to them, their life outside of the business. And then they tell you that, tell you all those things. And then you sort of wrap, close that loop off with, well, look, that's exactly what we can do for you. That's, that's exactly what we specialize in here. We specialize in, in solving these challenges and getting this done. And then you go through a, a confirmation and consolidation process or actually this is more consolidation where you just say, well, look, I just want to go back through everything. So if I've understood your situation, this is where you are. This is the main products you want to grow. These are your goals, a dream state. This is your 12 month goal. This is your three year goal. This is where you'd like really like to be in five years time. This is how many leads you're getting now. This is how many leads you want to be getting. This is the gap. This is what we need to bring those leads in at. This is what the average sale is actually worth to the business. Did I get that all right? Was that, is that all, was I, was I correct? about that excellent and these are the things that have held you back this is what's stopping you from achieving that these are the challenges in the business this is you know what stopped you from actually crossing that bridge and it's very very important to get this solved because you're going to be able you're going to have this and this from from having that is that correct have i got all of that right and you're going to say yes you, you know that's that's excellent and that's when you want to say well look so to actually achieve this you've either maybe you've already got a price you know you you, you go price you say so just roughly if you like what we put together would you be comfortable or, or are you able to commit to a budget of about why or, or you can just ask what budget have you got allocated to bridge this gap and you know you know what the leads are cost you know roughly what the traffic's going to cost in our case so we can almost tell them and then we can say so the first phase is actually to get your lead your cost the lead achieved and then to get your 100% gap bridge, you're going to need to spend this. But the mm-hmm. first part is to do this. But usually, you know, I know there's going to be different people that are listening that have got different processes. So at this, at that stage, once you've got those things done, it's now time and you've earned the right to sort of ask for a budgetary commitment. And if you've gone through that now state, dream state, roadblocks, gone deep, actively listened, really cared, confirmed every everything all the way through, consolidated everything at the end, you've shown genuine interest and, and concern and care for what, what they want to achieve, they're usually going to give you the real budget at that stage. They're not going to make something up or, or say something unrealistic at that stage. Now, they may say to you, look, it's, it's more than I was expecting. And then you can say something like, well, you know, is it, is it more than you want to pay or more than you can afford? Or, or you know, you isolate and you deal with with those objections. We're not mm. looking to, to get the sale at this point. What we're looking to is to get a light commitment to the budget and then say to them, so great, I've got everything that I need now from you. I've really enjoyed this call. I, I really think I can help you. I definitely, I, you know, we can help you um, 
fix, you know, get your, achieve you the result you're looking for. So what I'd like to do now is go away and do some research, just go through the notes, go through everything we've put together. And I would like to prepare a strategy for you and go right through that on a next call. Is that okay with you if, if, if I do that? And then they will usually say yes. And to tr- sort of firm it up, what I usually say, and this is a bit more of an advanced technique, you've got to be careful with it. You've really got to be in rapport. You say, look, so on the next call, if you do like everything that we put together in the strategy, they do take me quite a bit of time. I just wanted to ask you, if you like everything that we present, we, we'd be in a position to actually execute and move forward with the strategy in the next call. What that's doing is it's just getting them to seriously think about it. They're going, they're sending you away to spend a lot of time on research, to put everything together, and they're giving you their commitment that if they like what you put together on the next call, they can give you a yes or a no. And mm. you can, that's all I ask is for a yes or a no on the next call. Usually we'll say, yeah, if I like what you put together, of course. And then you want to confirm the appointment time and just say, so can we get a, a clear time? Uh, it usually takes me about two days to put this together. How are you placed tomorrow afternoon? Or I've got, I've got time tomorrow at two and Wednesday at 12. Do either of those work for you? Yes or no, or no, it doesn't. Well, what does? Great. I'll send you a calendar invite and a, and a confirmation email just to firm it up. It's really important to firm that, that second appointment up. Make sure you put it in your Google calendar. Make sure you add their email address to the appointment and what I call building and bracing. You should also send an email along with that Google Calendar invite just to thank them for the meeting and confirm the appointment will be at this time. So that's step one. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's fantastic. And there's a lot of steps here, but really listening is the key and letting them do all the talking. That's what I see as the key leverage point here. It's kind of the art of sales without sales. So this is, yeah, this is fantastic. It really is, yes. Yeah. So, so the art, it's the art of sales without out sales. It's, it's a good way of putting it because the, the, and it is all about the active listening and letting them really do the talking. And what, what it actually does is it flips the old school sales model on its head, which was mm. all about putting a, quite a bit of work into the presentation and then spending all the time on closing techniques, handling objections and all these sorts of things. This flips it up the other way around. So it's an upside down pyramid spending all the time identifying the right fit and identifying the needs, same amount of time on the presentation. And then at the bottom, if you've done all that really well, you are closing the deal, but it shouldn't feel like they've been closed or that it was uncomfortable for them. It should be effortless for them to say yes, because they really feel like this is a solution that's designed for them and their needs. And someone's really understood my objectives and my needs. And I, I, excited about this i really really want to do this because this is this is this is exactly what i've been looking for mm, exactly and they're they're telling themselves that story through answering your questions basically yeah and yeah, and, yeah. and just just one thing i wanted to, to jump in with the budget as well before we get on to, to point number two the budget question I, I like how you arrived at that so it wasn't and, and about getting the um the light commitment to the budget it's not about closing the deal at this point but in in getting them to identify, so you've got the, the now state and then you've got the, the dream state and the roadblocks, they're identifying these things and, and you're talking numbers with them throughout this point, right? So we're, we're talking real numbers. We're talking, you know, wanting to, you know, double revenue and then we're talking about cost per leads and we're talking about what, how many leads would it take to, to get there. The prospect is, is more aware of what actual benefits they're going to get out of this so then what budget commitment becomes more obvious now? They may not have even thought of these things, 
So they've just arrived at a budget through whatever means that they've got there, but now really identifying the, the priors at the end, what the, the roadblock is at the moment, they can really see how a, how a, a dollar figure investment is going to help them achieve that dream. So I think it, it helps them reassess what their, their budget may look like at that point. And it helps the salesperson get a clearer idea of what kind of budget we can work to get to that dream state as well. Yeah, because and that's one of the biggest mistakes that um, people make with, with selling. And I think this is an important point to bring up is that they actually tie the pricing and the budget to the product. Mm. Like you know, it might be tied to the, the SaaS platform or it might be tied to Facebook ads or it might be tied to Google ads. And really the client doesn't actually care about any of that. Like it's important to know that the product's good and is, you know, it's, but really what they need to know is what's the cost to achieve the end result that they want to achieve. And, it, you know, that logically they need to understand that the features and functions of the product are, are the right match to achieve that result. But the budget, a, a realistic budget is given by the client because it's tied to the objective that they want to achieve. And I see that happen time time again with people newer to sales or newer to consultative sales is they're trying to sell the product it's not the product it's you, you've got to sell the end result you've got to sell yeah. the outcome yeah that's right it's huge so the the second step so we're, we're now so now we're arriving at, at call number two and if we're doing this by teleconference or by phone uh, i usually recommend using something like zoom or go to meeting or um any kind of uh, Zoom, I think, is the best these days just because it's really stable and free uh, up to an hour or really cheap for the, the premium version. Mm. Do you have any recommendations there, Simon? On well, I, I, um, I'm switching over to Zoom more so than Skype for sure. Like I was using Skype with Call Recorder and I thought that was great. But it just, yeah, more and more I'm finding that Zoom, the, quali- the yeah, quality is much better and it's the low barrier of entry for clients to understand how to use it as well. So, yeah, it's great. I definitely agree with you there. Yeah, absolutely. So this is the, the, the pitch stage or actually it's the, the roadmap call. We're mm-hmm. actually going through the roadmap that, that's been prepared. And the beginning of this call, what's most important is just to recap before you actually go into everything. So you know, really, really, really thrilled to present this to you. I'll put a great strategy together. Just want to do a quick recap to make sure again that I, I really got everything clear from the last call and that roadmap does cover everything and then you just go through the dream state again the cost per lead again the objectives the 12 month three or five year objectives and bring them back to the call because a lot's often even if it's only been two days since you last spoke to them they've had all kinds of things happening in their world during that two days you know things with their business things with their clients other sales presentations that they've been through things at home like a lot can happen for a business person in in two days so you you really need to bring them back into the excitement and where they were in the previous call and that's what's super Mm. important about the recap in the pitch the actual presentation and i can give you some examples of of, of ones um, we use for for everybody to, to download but essentially what's really important is that you're actually in the first part with the pitches it should cover off there the challenges objectives and the solution as first and the challenges essentially is like the language and you need to mirror this language you need to mirror the language that they used so you want to write it down as close to word for word as possible and that's sort of yeah again the challenges of the roadblocks the things that have stopped them moving forward the objectives are basically yeah, the, the, the cost per lead, the business growth, the goals, whether the outcome that they want to get to, and then a little bit about the solution. 
And so, and it's the solution to achieve this will be ABC, which is covered throughout the rest of this, the rest of this proposal. And then I always recommend that the proposal uh, or the, the pitch document needs to be quite well written. Like it should be written so by either by yourself, if, you, if you're good at copywriting or even write it first, then get a copywriter to critique it. Because when you've got that up on Zoom or on your screen share, you want to literally read it off to the client word for word. So it all needs to be exciting and it all needs to flow without stumbles of mm. what they're getting, what the solution is, how it works. And essentially just to give you, a, I guess, an architecture of what, what it needs to, to cover is you need to get, it needs to have what I call the four tens. So you need to, uh, these to line up. So if you think of a scale of zero to 10, zero being completely cold, 10 being absolutely super hot and excited about they need to, it needs to, the pitch document needs to be a 10 for their needs, it needs to be a 10 for the company, it needs to be a 10 for the product, and it needs to be a 10 for the consultant. So throughout, so that first thing we cover is the needs, the, and that's again that, that you know, um, challenges, objective, solution, that's the needs. And then a little bit, a little short bit about, about the company, so what the company is and, and what, what differentiates you, so the value proposition. And then the next part of... of the um, pitches the product so that needs to be really well written and in, in, in great language that is all benefits orientated constantly referring back to those end results and then at the end of it it should you should get a 10 for the consultant so it needs to be a little bit of a blurb ideally with the consultant's picture that shows why the consultant or the person that's is, is outstanding and a little bit about the team as well so the people that are going to be executing this this work and then once you've gone through that essentially want to confirm, consolidate, isolate, and ask for the business. So confirming is, again, just going back through, and, and you know, the needs, these were the needs. This is a little, little bit about us and why we're the best people to solve this. Again, this was the product. This was me, so you understand that. These were the objectives that we wanted to achieve. This is the cost per lead that this is going to achieve. This is the gap that we're going to bridge. So constantly reiterating that we've understood and know what they, they want to achieve. And then once you've done that consolidation, you want isolation is basically so you've, you've consolidated all the things that, that they wanted to achieve. You pitched the, the, the pitch. The isolation is at the end of that pitch saying, so everything covered, I mean, is there anything left that you feel hasn't been covered? Is there anything left that uh, that you did feel was not clear in, in, in what we've been through? And um, then that's where, you know, their questions might come out. Mm. And you want to obviously answer those. After you've answered their questions, you've then again got to say is there anything else at all that hasn't been covered do you have aside from those questions is there any other questions you need to do that until it comes to the point where they say look no not not really and ideally at that point they say so what are the next steps all right if, if they say if someone says to you so what are the next steps you know that they're, they're actually ready to go ahead they yeah. they, they want to they want to start and then you just the close is just as an effortless like so with all that covered john the next steps are to get get the campaign, get this started. Basically, what we need to do from here is just get some paperwork quickly, some payment details, and then sort of just say, so you know, how, how will you be paying you, popping that on the Visa or the MasterCard, et cetera, and just, you know, comfortably asking for the payment details, get the payment details first, and then, and then fill out whatever your, your paperwork is. And I recommend pulling that up on the screen as well so they can see it, so they can see that you're filling out a real piece of paperwork. It's important to get those payment details first because if you do all the business details and the address and everything that cools everything down and, and brings a bit of boredom back into the the emotions right so but if payment details have already been covered off which is the mo- that's where the most friction is for mm-hmm. most people yep. then going through the boring part is just a formality right um 
and it's okay. So I've got some stuff to go into what happens if they don't go ahead there, but do you have any questions before we go to the next stuff? No, th- this is this is great. I, I really like the payment after the close, pretty much, you know, straight away while the excitement's right there. I guess a question with that for, for salespeople um, who may not be comfortable with that, I'm not sure if there's many that would relate to that, but it can get to a bit of an uncomfortable point when you've, you've closed the deal, but then the, the real next level is locking this in and getting a signature right there on the spot. That can be a bit of an uncomfortable thing. Like you, you've got the, the verbal agreement and that can be enough sometimes. You get a good buzz from that, but really locking that in at that point. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Look, and that's that's one of the frustrations without it without a doubt with with this stuff, right? So mm. everything's gone ahead. They can even you can even get the payment details and then you send the paperwork over and and it's and it doesn't come back, mm. you know? That's so it. They've even given you the the payment details and the paperwork still doesn't come back. So really what that that comes back to if if that's happening quite a bit, something went wrong in actually addressing the needs and building the rapport and the trust. Mm. So there's the 10 for the needs is not there. The 10 for the company's not there. The 10 for the product's not there. And the 10 for the consultant's not there. If those 10s are not all there, like, look, they don't all have to be perfect 10s. You know, that's what makes the payment details come out easily. That's what makes the paperwork come back signed quickly. It's all those sorts of things. So it's all about, instead of, I think, focusing on that part, go back to focusing on your um, now state, dream state, roadblock state and, and the way you're doing that, that questioning and the re- trust and the rapport that you're building and how clearly you understand their needs and, and what they're looking to achieve and how well you've built the rapport around that and tailored the solution back to that. So, and then also check, did, did I recap? Did I use their language in, in the proposal? Did I confirm and consolidate at the end? Because it's all about them feeling absolute confidence that and certainty that you have you know understood everything crystal clear and that this is actually going to get them from a to b basically you're future pacing them to where they want to be from where they are now and you're the person for the job and i don't think there's anyone in the world that that, that has a hundred percent of people send the paperwork back but mm. you know it's 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 those sorts of things that make the difference between whether the paperwork comes back or not yeah yeah, I like the idea of striking while the iron's hot. It's uh, while you're there, you know, you might as well go through those those boring details, get the payment, get that all sorted right then and there instead of waiting. So I really like that that approach. That's a good one. It is. And I know a lot of people tend to, because it is uncomfortable that point, mm, right? Like that's right. There's, there's some anxiety in the salesperson as well. And that, that never really goes away. But you're actually, you're actually showing that you're a more professional person at doing your job. And it, believe it or not, as long as everything else has been done wrong, you're inspiring more confidence mm. because you're a guy that buttons the job up. Mm. You don't leave stuff out hanging undone. And that will actually create confidence in the client once things are done. That, you know, wow, this, this, this person is, is, a, is an operator. They get stuff done well the first time. They do things right. They, they inspire confidence in the way they hold my hand through the situation. Mm. And shouldn't feel uncomfortable about that. You should see that as part of being a professional. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, it's good. That's a good mindset to have. Yeah, definitely. So, so now, of course, not everybody is ready 
at that point, some people say, well, look, I've got to speak to somebody or, uh, you know, some people are more, um, they take a bit more time with making decisions. They're more analytical. They want to review the document. They want to think for a little while. I'll usually at that point have w- at least one, maybe two additional cracks that is there, is there anything like we can do now? Is there anything we haven't covered? Is, is there anything I could do to sort of help you make, make a decision today or, or, or get a bit closer to, you know, maybe maybe there's some work we can do on the price, et cetera, to, to get, a, get a yes now. They still say to you, look, no, I really need to think about things. Don't become the person that just latches onto them like a, a, a bulldog because that, that doesn't work anymore. <laughs> it's not respecting them for their desire to, to go away and because some people just you know we've all got different slightly different psychological profiles we're all different whatever Myers-Briggs or discs or, or um Colby scores like we all process things differently so have that one crack because that's professional but to have an extra couple of cracks will actually push them away mm. so so give them that time now if they do need that it's okay great look I absolutely understand that and appreciate that I always do the same thing I would want to go away and, and, and look at this carefully myself as well. So what I'd like to do is just formalize this for you and send this over to you so you've got it as a proposal for your records. You can go discuss anything. Of course, I'll be here if you've got any questions. Please send those over at any time and get that over to them now, that, which now that puts you into the fourth step, which is follow-up. Now, follow-up is a little bit of an art of itself because if you follow up too much, you push people away and you seem like you've got nothing else to do and you become a pest. If you follow up too little, you lose the deal to someone else. So it's, it's, it's a balance. Now, I'm not saying this is the perfect way, but I'm just saying this is, this is the way that we do it here. So we have a two-day, three-day, seven-day sequence, and which means that we'll follow up in two days with something else to tell them, some, some little bit of unique information that you want to cover off and then, and then to also ask what questions do you have? Are you sort of, you know, has everything been addressed? Are, are we ready to, get, ready to get the ball rolling? Is there anything we can do to get the ball rolling now? If they're still thinking about it, like more than like something may have gone wrong back, back earlier in the sequence, there's something potentially, right? So then you move to the three-day. So you wait three days then before you follow up again. And then you wait seven days before you follow up again. On that seven-day follow-up, if they're still not going ahead, you want to say something like, you know, John, look, I know you're busy. I'm super busy as well. I just want to ask you straight out because I don't want to waste any more of your time and I've got a lot of stuff to do as well. Is this something you're seriously looking at or are we better to leave this for, you know, three to six months from now, maybe readdress it then? And what that does is it does two things. One, And actually the people that are just having trouble making a decision and needed to be like needed a little bit of a a push and to realize that you're important too and you're busy as well and they need to do the respectful thing and sort of give you a yes or a no. And and if they were going to give you a yes, but they just couldn't quite, they will give you a yes often at that point. And the other thing it does though, is it gets the people out of your diary that are actually just, they're too polite to say no. Mm. And there's, there's a lot of people like that and that's okay and and it moves them off to a time it actually takes the pressure off them allows them to the 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 space and the room to actually say we actually look it's it's not really right for us right now we probably will need to do it at some point give us a call in 3 months or 6 months and then you can move on and and you free that time up to work with other people that mm. that actually are ready to do something and and you can help them solve their problems yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. One thing you mentioned was um, about unique info. So in there, like the two and three day follow-ups, what would be some examples of some unique info? Yeah, so you've got a sort of, it could, might be an actual feature of a product that you think would be really relevant to them and say, so, you know, I actually realized I didn't address this feature really well and the benefit of that feature is this, which I think is, is a really important element and maybe, you know, that I thought just thought it was really important that you knew that. You might actually quickly look up something in their market and say, oh, I just, you know, just, just doing some research on your market today and I found, you know, X. Were you, did, were you aware of that? Bit of prizing. You know, little things like that. Yeah, it's much more effective than, uh, you, know, you know, just wondering when you're going to give me a call or, you know, just waiting to hear back. It's like you're actually giving value each time and, and just you know, presenting that carrot and just shining it up a little bit more. So, you know, it's still here. We're still very valuable. Here's the prize. You know, we're ready when you are. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's great. Yeah, definitely. So that's pretty much the three-part process. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Just, uh, just going to take a quick time to, to recap. So we've got, we've got the needs analysis and we're going deep. We're showing that we care. Um, and then uh, just in my notes here, I've got like the, the three-pronged ap- approach. So we've got the, the now state so and getting them talking here we get uh with letting them talk about the dream and what it is that like their vision and just you know asking the questions about exactly what it is that they're trying to achieve and, and getting specific with some of those with um the, the dollar values identifying that gap that they've got between where they are now and where they they want to be with their dream and then diving into the roadblocks so you know why aren't they getting there what are those problems that they're they're having at the moment how important it is for them really getting them to uh, like something interesting with that is I find that it, it's kind of um, a bit of psych- psychology is they may not have thought about how important it is to them. So when they're thinking like, Oh, you know, that's really important because I'm not getting out of work on time or I'm not able to sell the business or these things that they may not have really thought about. They're coming out in this discovery. It's really interesting. Um, confirming and then and recapping what it is that they like all the different answers that they've given you. Um, getting them to commit to some kind of a light budget there, locking in the next meeting. That's that's absolutely beautiful. At the end of one meeting, locking in the next one. Like that's that's fantastic. And then in that meeting, you know, delivering via Zoom, starting with the recap because there, you know, things happen in the two days between them. And then this pitch, I, I really love the the four tens that you've got. Like that's fantastic. It's kind of it's a good way to like self assess. I think your own your own pitch and the proposal that you're putting together, and then yeah, the, the follow up. So the unique info, I think that's great. The balance between being needy and giving value and, and closing the deal. So not so much giving them an out, but saying I, I really like where you said. You know, I know you're busy. Like I'm busy as well. So are you, are you serious now, or is this something you might want to explore later? So it, it's an out for the polite people, but it's not a go and work with someone else kind of thing. It's like you know, let's not waste each other's time. So I think that's great. Yeah, yeah. Great, great recap there, Simon, as well. So clearly an active listener. Just trying but to close yeah, the deal. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. That last little bit too with the, the giving them an out for the, the, the polite people as well. That's something that I find that often people are a bit newer to say feel feel uncomfortable they feel a little bit rude doing so if anybody's sort of heard that and, and, and almost felt like that it's absolutely totally the opposite it's the most polite and professional thing that you can do for people so it's really really important to to see that yeah absolutely yeah anything else you wanted to to leave the the audience with before any 
kind of rookie mistakes that, that people make when it comes to potentially to implementing a process like this? Yeah, so the, the, the final mistakes I think as well are in, in terms of step one is is not going deep. It's not asking questions about the answers and trying to sort of rush through to, to explain what you've got and, and, and your products. That's one. The second one a mistake that's made is forgetting to consolidate everything at the end. That's another one. Mm. Um, and then forgetting to sort of button up the actual next meeting like properly. That's another one. For step two, I think some of the, the it's similar mistakes again. It's it's forgetting to do the recap. So the importance of doing the recap at the end of step two, and then again, it's not consolidating once you've gone through everything. So you've gone through everything, and then just asking for the business. If you don't consolidate and then isolate, you're going to end up in the follow up stage, mm-hmm. like almost definitely. So that's that's another one. And then with the, the follow up, I think again the mistakes are following up too often uh, or not following up, and then or then just continuing to let let people bounce you around and bounce you around without giving them again that that polite out Mm, yep fantastic all right yep that was awesome thanks so much josh i feel like i've been in a a master class of sales so this has been awesome josh denning from authority marketing for the uh the business system summit thank you so much for joining me tremendous you're welcome simon i believe we're also giving away a ROI calculator, I think, which is, um, I, I think the link will be below this uh, interview, I, I guess. Would that be right, Simon? Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it actually really shows you, uh, if you, you just pop in, populate some of the details, shows you when you're using proper A-B testing of landing pages and you get your landing pages up to, you know, the 15, 20% conversion on traffic that's possible and you've got your CPCs and everything down to where they could be with a multi-channel product, exactly how much extra money... Um, you know, you, you really could be making with an optimized process. So I think that's that's a, that's an awesome giveaway. Get a lot of value out of it. I, I still play with it all the time. It's really valuable. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's a great sales tool. Yeah, it's really good. So thanks very much, Simon. Definitely appreciated uh, your time and enjoyed the interview. Cool. Thanks so much, Josh. You've just been listening to the System Hub Podcast. Remember, we've documented this system for you so you can literally swipe and deploy it within your business. Head to www.systemhub.com forward slash podcast to download it now.